Good afternoon. This is KTOO. I'm Yvonne Cremery. Thank you for listening. The Juno School Board could consolidate Juno Douglas High School, Yada'at Kahle, and Thunder Mountain High School to help address the district's $9.7 million budget deficit for next year. On Saturday, the board proposed putting 10th through 12th graders at Thunder Mountain High School and 7th, 8th, and 9th graders, along with students from the district's optional programs at Juno Douglas. Dozens of JD students rallied yesterday afternoon along Egan Drive in opposition to the idea, saying all 9th through 12th grades should be at their campus instead. KTLO's Katie Anastas talked to some of them and has this audio postcard. My name is Maisie Messing. I'm a junior. I think that splitting high school, um, taking the ninth graders out of high school, is ultimately going to be really detrimental to education in Juneau. And I think that our upcoming ninth graders deserve to have the same high school experience that we did. I'm Bristol Casperson. I'm a junior. I'm in 11th grade. It's not JD versus TM, it's one building compared to the other. Which one is bigger, which one has the most space, which one has the proper classrooms, wood shop, auto shop, metal shop. And truly, if I honestly, if TM had that, if they had the space for us, if they were the proper place to receive a good four-year education, then we would have to put it aside and go there. But JD is that space. This building has those amenities. My name is Sabine Auger. When I saw the um, thing that they were going to do 10th through 12th, I was like, oh, no, I'm going to be on the bottom of the food chain again. <laughs> so, But I think it's inevitable that we're probably all going to be in the same school together, so we should just accept that. And, like, I really, really hope that the, um, the school board, like, knows that we want to be um, together at JD, which has the bigger capacity, um, and that... It needs to be 9th through 12th, like it always has been. My name is Sam Oyanik. Do you know Douglas? Like, a lot of our ancestors and our families went there. So I think it would be, like, pretty disrespectful if you ask me. I am a junior, uh, and then my name is Mary Canapari. I think that being one community would be really great for Juno to just become one again and to support everyone. Um, I feel like we kind of have a rivalry going on, which can be fun, but at sometimes I think it'd be really nice to just um, get everyone together, staying together for like the better, for like um, like a common goal. And I think education should be that common goal. Hey guys, I'm Ana Lazo, and I'm a freshman at Juno Douglas High School. And we are here rallying to save Juno Douglas High School because we need a legacy that needs to move on and move forward. You know what? Because, no, 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 wait. Give this back. Because everyone is welcome at Yara Akle. Keep 9 to 12, choose 3A because we slay. That was a selection of Gino Douglas High School Yada'at Kahle students rallying yesterday afternoon. Governor Mike Dunleavy issued 12 executive orders at the beginning of this year's legislative session. One of those would bring big changes to a board tasked with overseeing Alaska's ferry system. Right now, legislative leaders in the state, House, and Senate have the power to appoint four of the board's nine members. The executive order would change that, allowing the governor to appoint all nine. The order didn't get a formal look from senators until this week, when it came before the Senate Transportation Committee. It's scheduled for public testimony tomorrow at 1 p.m. 
Alaska Public Media's state government reporter Eric Stone spoke to KTLO's Katie Anastas about what the board does and why some lawmakers are skeptical. So this executive order is all about the Alaska Marine Highway Operations Board. Let's start with the basics. What is this board? So it's a committee made up of nine members. It's supposed to help the AMHS plot its future course, so to speak. Uh, They're also supposed to give advice on basically how to run the ferry system better. Uh, It was created by the legislature to replace the the previous version, the Marine Transportation Advisory Board, which was criticized as uh, ineffective. And there are all kinds of folks on it. There's a union member, a representative of a tribal group. Uh, There's a deputy transportation commissioner. And then six members who have specific expertise in a variety of areas that helpful to the marine highway system. Uh, here's uh, Senator James Kaufman. He is an Anchorage Republican, and he was one of the architects of the board. We wanted to be sure that in aggregate that the board had um, not any one person, but when pulled all together, that the board had the technical competencies around um, enterprise management, um, you know, quality management, the different things that, that helped. And I spoke with uh, Representative Louise Stutz, the former speaker, in early February about this. Uh, she's a Kodiak Republican and a big ferry system booster. And she says the board and its structure was the product of consensus. We really took a lot of time and care to work on, and it was a bipartisan, bicameral um, piece of legislation that passed both bodies unanimously. So it's a little bit difficult for me to um, accept redoing the whole board. And so the executive order would allow the governor to appoint all members and not just a majority of them. That's right. And do we know why the governor wants that change? Well, so I was wondering that for quite a while, actually, Uh, until this week, all the administration had really said about this publicly is that the executive order made the government more effective and efficient and provided mechanisms for accountability. But they hadn't really explained how. And we did get something of an explanation from the Department of Transportation on Tuesday. So DOT's Andy Mills works with the board pretty closely. He's also the legislative liaison for, for Department of Transportation. And he told the Senate Transportation Committee that the administration wanted the board to be accountable to the governor how the board uh, appointing power works uh, does create a layer of accountability that that may not exist for the the board to uh, work with uh, the department. And again, my words, my characterization, but sometimes uh, interactions, and again, very specific uh, interactions, not the entire board, it's been more adversarial than advisory, which is unfortunate. DOT Commissioner Ryan Anderson says the board isn't delivering the short and long-term plans that it's tasked with crafting. Uh, And he compared the board with some of the other boards that have all the members appointed by the governor, like the Roads and Highways Advisory Board. Alignment is a word that I think of quite a bit when we're talking about these boards that, you know, boards that are aligned, that come together, uh, move things forward quickly. And did those ideas ring true for lawmakers? Some lawmakers were skeptical. Uh, Senator Kaufman took issue with the idea that it's the board's job to come up with these short and long-term plans for the ferry system. Uh, Kaufman says the board's job is to give advice on plans that DOT is supposed to come up with. Thus, it's not quite right to say the board isn't doing its job. Uh, Senator Jesse Keel, he's a Juneau Democrat, big booster of the ferry system. He took issue with the commissioner's characterization that certain members weren't aligned with one another. Uh, He said in past years, he's seen Marine Highway leadership pretty well aligned making tens or hundreds of millions of dollars of decision, uh, decisions sometimes um, in ways that have turned out to be uh, inefficient, sometimes in ways that have turned out to be failures. Quick, quickly achieving alignment 
may, may not be in the best interest of the system at all. So Anderson, the DOT commissioner, uh, he emphasized later in the meeting that the that two of the members that are appointed by the legislature, who happen to be the chair and the vice chair of this board, would not necessarily be replaced if this order takes effect. But of course, all the members would serve at the pleasure of the governor, and that means they could be replaced at any time. Okay, got it. So what comes next? So the Senate Transportation Committee will hear some public testimony, and then they'll likely move it out of committee to the Senate floor. Um, And then from there, the path is a bit murkier. Uh, The legislature has until mid-March to take a joint session vote on uh, disapproving the the governor's executive orders, and that would prevent them from taking effect. Uh, But the House has to invite the Senate into joint session for that to happen, and all this objection we've been hearing has been on the Senate side. Last we heard, that the House was open to a joint session, but they hadn't quite worked out the details of how that would work. Uh, And even if they do come into joint session, it's no guarantee they wind up voting the orders down. So you'll just have to stay tuned. All right. That was Alaska Public Media's Eric Stone. Eric, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. That was KTOO's Katie Anastas speaking with Alaska Public Media's state government reporter Eric Stone. The Senate Transportation Committee will hear public testimony tomorrow at 1.30 p.m. And as for the weather here in Juneau, it's currently 40 degrees and overcast this afternoon. Tonight, some rain is expected with a low of 38 degrees. Tomorrow through Saturday, we're looking at heavy rain and snow with temperatures around 40 degrees and dipping into the low 30s. In fact, the National Weather Service has issued a special weather statement warning of rain, snow, and wind throughout the weekend. And once again, the greatest snow totals are anticipated in Juneau. This is KTOO.